Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert and i am at cruising the coast on the beautiful mississippi gulf coast a rhino safe and sound tucked away in the super talk headquarters we'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts fodder and fine music on this hump day it's hump day at cruising the coast here, Rhino. A beautiful day down here on the fantastic Mississippi Gulf Coast. What a view we have of all these classic automobiles and even a little peek at the Gulf itself. Joining us now, Ricky Matthews, host of the Ricky Matthews Show. Double duty today, Ricky. It is. Great to see you down here, my friend. <laughs> Good to see you too as well, sir. So what a fantastic event this always is. It brings people to the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. They show these classic cars and, and automobile enthusiasts from all over the place coming here, descend upon uh, the Biloxi Green here in Highway 90 to take in the sights. It's incredible that we preserve all this history. It is. It, it really is. And you think about it, where we were on August 29, 2005 here in coastal Mississippi and where we are today, one of the most incredible recovery efforts in the history of the U.S. And now we have all 12 cities from Waveland to Moss Point and all points in between engaged in this. What a great way to showcase our recovery. You know, every time I come down here, which is fairly frequent, it just seems like it's a, it's a little more active. You see a little bit more activity, more more traffic, more hustle and bustle, more, more just uh, economic out which is good. That's what it's all about. That's what makes the coast uh, such a great part of our state. It is. I mean, you think about um, the bookends, the economic bookends, Ingalls and Chevron, the blue chip industries that are part of Stennis, and then the all points in between with the Port of Gulfport, of course, uh, tourism, and we get to see. It's not just Biloxi. It's not just coastal Mississippi. It's Mississippi's tourism economy, and you know, one of the most seminal events that we would have in Mississippi playing out before our very eyes. It's uh, this is an economic engine for the state. It's important that this be successful. And and we should also point out this isn't just limited to where we are in Biloxi. I mean, this really does affect the entire coastal region. Uh, all certainly all three of the coastal counties, and even those to the north. And it's always interesting to me, Ricky, when, when we're getting ready for cruising the coast, even up in my way, up in central Mississippi, I see the classic cars, you know, either driving or in tow, en route here. Yeah, I was at the, in the Mississippi Delta at my place there 
uh, last couple of weekends, but this past weekend, on the way home, the number of cars on trailers, the number of cars being driven, literally from every state, every state in the U.S. to come here and enjoy this incredible event. It's it's very special. Considered by the USA Today as the top automobile show in the country. <laughs> right, and that's something. The Super Bowl of car events, <laughs> literally. 27th annual, I believe. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 27th. Yeah. Which is just uh, incredible. Uh, and you see people across the age spectrum you as do. well. So it's good to see that uh, the older generations are passing on this love for American classic cars to the younger folks. Yeah, I was, Judy Young from Coastal Mississippi made this point earlier that you see a lot of more kids here today. There's a fall break that's happening right now. So an opportunity to be able to introduce this to a younger generation, I think just strategically it's really smart, yeah. as you well know, to do it that way. So, yeah, you've got all kinds of demographics, people from all over the world. It's just an amazing event. It truly is. And, and, and just from my anecdotal observation, the crowds seem to be a little thicker at this point during the day than I remember in past years. Yeah, look at Highway 90. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's bustling. And there is a there's a new city, Waveland, all the way over in, in, uh, in, in Hancock County that was added this year, and there's an event happening there as we speak. Unbelievable. So, you know, Woody's idea, the, the, the idea of the, of the cruising the coast is to spread the cars out, and I think they've done a terrific job of doing that. Think of the thousands of volunteers that it takes to pull something like this off. It's unbelievable, and they do it without a hitch, and it's it's transparent. I mean, those who attend and, and get to experience this, don't really have to worry about all that. It's already been taken care of for them, especially, we should point out, our fantastic law enforcement community as well that plays a huge role in making all this uh, be pulled off successfully. Yeah, the, the first responders. If you think about the three coast counties, the governments of the three coast counties, the governments of the 12 coast cities, um, I mean, just think of the logistics undertaking this is because they're not just handling the crowd. Uh, as it relates to traffic, but they're handling events like this simultaneously all across coastal Mississippi. It's just uh, it's, it's something to behold. And they work together, uh, and they integrate so well. Yeah. Uh, and with all the technology we have today, that, that task is made a little bit uh, uh, less painful, which is a good thing. And, 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 you know, all the ones you talk to really enjoy being part of this and enjoy serving the public, keeping everybody safe and orderly. And and uh, really is just a whole lot of fun. So give us an update on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Well, I mean, what's happening down here that you, you want to tell us about? Well, I tell you, um, it's all cruising right now. <laughs> but, you know, the weather's going to be uh, in the low 50s here Saturday morning. Can you imagine the impression that that's going to have? unbelievable. Yeah. Low 50s and dry. Uh, they, they're pretty sure they're going to hit a record this year, so it'll be the biggest event ever. I had v- Pete Vacari from Vacari Auctions. He has the big car auction. He has over 500 cars that they'll be auctioning off over the next several days. Um, Everywhere in coastal Mississippi, we're just proud to, to see this. Yeah, it, it truly is awesome. And, of course, uh, I know you talked to uh, Mayor Fofo Gillich earlier this morning on, on your program. He's coming on middays yeah. as well. And we'll get an update from him on how things are going in uh, Biloxi. Uh, we've also got uh, Jimmy Ladner, president of Coastal Mississippi Board of Commissioners, He'll come on the program and, and talk to us. Uh, just a lot of folks that are highly involved in the Coast community here that we'll hear from uh, today. What do you think about the stuff going on up there in Washington while we got you here? we got a few minutes left to discuss that. That's sad. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's how I feel about it. Uh, it's sad. Uh, at a time when Republicans should be coming together, um, we're divided. 
And it sure seems like it. It's really, it's really unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's a t- it's tough because you have so many different factions in the Republican Party, and we seem to be moving in that direction. But frankly, McCarthy to get elected kind of sold his soul. He, he let one person he did be able to do what happened. Let's let, what I think we should do is learn a lesson from this and never allow that to happen again. I bet you're right. I bet yeah. we won't ever see. Uh, that sort of deal cut when they make the rules that would allow one member essentially to call for a vote to vacate the speakership. Nancy Pelosi certainly never did that. It always no. required a majority vote to no. even bring it to the floor, and that was never going to happen. Uh, but all Democrats, of course, sided with eight Republicans in voting to oust the Speaker of the House. This is what really shocked me, though, Ricky, is we got uh, Patrick McHenry that's it's temporarily presiding right now. And he sent them all home. Yeah. Sent them all home. So, wait, I thought this was really critical, important, urgent business we had to take care of, mainly funding the government. Why did he send them all home? Wait, what, where is the sense of urgency well, in that? Would you do that in the private of sector? Of course If you were not. facing that kind of urgent situation. It would be all hands hit the deck. 24 hours a day yeah, until you figured it out. All hands hit the deck. <laughs> Um, this is this is an imp- we're at a turning point and let's pray that we're never here again, Gerard. I hope so. Um, uh, gosh, we got enough problems fighting uh, the onslaught onslaught of policy from the left. Wide open borders, rampant crime. Of course, we're looking at a two trillion dollar deficit for the fiscal year, which just ended uh, September 30th. Looks like that's uh, scheduled to to be even greater. Uh, next year. That's the kind of stuff we need to be holed up in a room talking about rather than kind of all this brinksmanship and and uh, just personality conflicts. It's a sad moment for, for America, but you know, sometimes when you're down, that's the that's you know, there's a, someone once said there's a powerful lubrication to change that comes from pain. We're feeling a lot of pain right now, so I hope the Republican Party learns from this and puts whatever they have to put in place to never enable this to happen again. Well, I agree, and and you you wonder you know how this will affect uh, the elections next year. You got obviously everybody up in the House up for election, thirty some odd seats up for election in the Senate, and of course we go to the polls to elect the president again. Again. How will this play out? How will this affect that? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting, isn't it? We're we'll, going be, to... we'll be watching it. Yeah. All right, so we got uh, Mississippi elections coming up here, the general election here in a little over a month. Yeah. Any thoughts on that at this point? It's always going to be close. <laughs> you know that. It's going to be close. Uh, but uh, you know, both candidates are working hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Tate Reeves is really working hard. Uh you know, I think I think Republicans will come out on top when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, I do too. At the end of the day, I think that's the case. Uh, you know, we still have lots of uh, challenges in our state to address. One of those you well know we talked about a lot is the health care situation. Big news in the health care world this morning. This morning, as 75,000 employees of Kaiser have decided to strike to walk yeah, out. 75,000, yeah. yeah. and they want higher wages, yeah. better benefits, and yeah. you know. Other other amenities of employment, which is going to drive cost up even yeah. further. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a tiger by the tail sort of deal. Ricky, always good to see you, sir. Appreciate you coming on, and congratulations on the, the success of your show. And of course, Super Talk Outdoors, you do a great job there. Appreciate yeah. you being Thank here. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate yep. it. We're coming right back with more here from the Element Well Studio. We're down at cruising the coast on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's Rob Sigler, assistant. Registration Director for Cruising the Coast next.
Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. Gerard Gibbert, Super Talk, Mississippi. everyone it is middays we are live on the mississippi gulf coast for cruising the coast we welcome to the program now rob sigler assistant registration director for cruising the coast and also rod milligan of et motor gear appreciate you guys coming on today thanks for having us yes sir all right rob what do you think about all this this is fantastic rob uh, the crowd is uh, tremendous uh, some awesome looking cars and you couldn't ask for better weather than this. Yeah, we're really blessed in, in uh, that regard for sure. I was just remarking to Ricky Matthews on in the prior segment that looks to me like the crowds are a little bit uh, thicker at this time of the day than they have been in past years. The block party is probably one of our most popular events that we put on throughout the week. Um, and the weather really brings folks out. Depending on how the weather is, is when folks really turn out. And it looks like a lot of spectators and a lot of great-looking cars yeah. have decided to come out this morning. Yeah, I love looking at all these classic vehicles. It kind of brings me back to my childhood, honestly. Some of them do. It's really cool. All right, so, uh, Rod, uh, ET Motor Gear. Tell us exactly what you do. Well, ET Motor Gear is a... Uh, merchandise company we are a vertical company we do have the art studios uh, the printing embroidery everything and we do uh, mostly motorsports events all over the country now with the vending rigs and all and we have been doing that since 1981 wow 1981 yes sir yeah that is that is totally awesome so i gotta believe it's a pretty big deal for you huh? it has turned out to be it was my passion my hobby but it has turned out to be uh, something i won't leave i'm in my 70s now and still love every minute of it wow pretty really cool so uh, Rob, uh, you being the registration director involved in that, uh, are we expecting to have, um, my understanding is, record crowds, we're record attendance this year? We're expecting to have a record registration attendance this year. Uh, we pre-registered just over 8,500 vehicles that ended August the 15th, and since that time we opened up on-site registration Monday. Uh, we're at 9,390 vehicles <laughs> yesterday, so we're ex our, the record is 9618, which we set last year, and so we're expecting to surpass that and uh, get right there with that 10,000 goal. So um, it's going to be going to be a record week. Is uh, so, Rob? Explain. Are, are there some criteria that a car must meet, a vehicle must meet, a registrant? The, the only criteria to... is that it has to be no um, old. Older than 1989. Okay. Anything, anything newer than 1989 is not eligible to be part of the, okay. the event as far as a registered vehicle. A lot of folks bring those cars down and they'll, they'll cruise right with the other ones, but the registered vehicle uh, is cut off at 1989. Okay. So the vehicle has to be at least 34 years old, Exactly. Exactly. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's uh, amazing that there are that many of those still out there, still around, and right. of course these enthusiasts. And Man, they, they do they unbelievable all job. Over the, all over the all over the country. Yeah, we got uh, every state registered except for uh, three states. And unbelievable. Then we also have Canada. And, yeah. Uh, 
United Kingdom is here this year again. So. <laughs> Incredible. So, uh, Rod Milligan, uh, yes. how can someone get your merchandise? Well, we do have several locations. We do satellite locations starting Sunday, and today we'll wrap up those satellites and then starting Thursday, Friday, and Saturday we have eight cities with trailers and merchandise. So okay. each of the three days you can shop in those cruise-in cities. So for the t-shirts, uh, for example, are, are they marked with a year? They are. They are dated. We have some non-dated and of course we have everything from uh, infant size up to a 5X and then we do have all kinds of fashion, ladies fashion. We do have your garage signs, hats, the whole program. So uh, ET pretty much has you covered from uh, start to finish and be part of the show. Whether you have a car or not, you get a t-shirt and you're in. I got you. That's really pretty cool. So uh, how does it make you feel when you see folks walking around with, say, prior year, even current year t-shirts? Well, I absolutely love it. And of course, I do do several events. And of course, in the Smoky Mountains, Pigeon Forge area, I do have six events there. And uh, we see those shirts, shirts down here, so we know we're creating an impact from that group. So, uh, yeah, it makes me feel great. Rob, this has pretty big economic impact on the coast. Tremendous economic impact. Uh, $36 million. We do an uh, wow. economic impact study every five years, and the most recent one was during our 25th anniversary. And uh, it was statewide, $36 million, $33 million for the Gulf Coast. Um, so... That's what this event is all about, is driving up our, um, uh, the economic impact of, of the local community down here and businesses and small businesses and restaurants. And, and people come down here from, like I said, all over the United States and yeah. other, other countries too, just to uh, be part of this event. And for this one week, we generate you know, millions of dollars for the local economy. I guess I'd say, in my opinion, that the way you know something like this is not only a success, but uh, so popular and considered a win-win is that I've never heard anybody complain. No, I've never heard a person no, ever complain no, about people it. People come down here and, and they, they, they love our event. Uh, they, they can't uh, wait until the event starts. You know, there's only um, four people that are actually employed with cruising the coast. The rest are volunteers. Okay. we got 12 uh, car clubs down here on the coast and, and thousands of volunteers that help us pull off, pull off this event every year, and we've been doing this to be our 27th year. So, yeah, pe people love this event. You hear very little complaints. You know, so, so traffic congestion can be an issue at times when you get this many cars, but people love to look at the old cars and, and just um, love coming to get some uh, seafood, some, <laughs> some shrimp seafood. Uh, this year our, our, our uh, presenting sponsor is Mississippi Gulf Fresh Seafood Industry, yep. and uh, they're giving out free samples over at Cruise Central. Um, tomorrow um, uh, check our website and get the schedule on there and the, the times and uh, people are really enjoying getting some uh, fresh seafood so and the coast is blessed to have uh, uh, so many hotels and hotel yep. uh, rooms and they fill them all up yep. for this deal yep they do uh, the local economy it's, it's hard to get a hotel room um, during the during the event a lot of people come to this event and they'll book the room for next year before they leave. So they'll have to make sure they have a place to stay. But if you drive down Highway 90, you see RVs and campers parked in uh, vacant areas uh, that used to ha have uh, hotels and homes that uh, were unfortunately wiped out by Katrina. But people are parked there this week to uh, set up with their RVs and campers and they line up. 
the entire week. So, Rod, how did you get connected to cruising the coast? How did you get uh, hooked up with it? Well, we had been in the biz about 20 years, and uh, we come down, done a presentation, and come on board with these guys in 2001. Okay. So uh, we came down with two trailers and kind of kicked this thing off, and now over 20 years later, we do bring 12 trailers to the. That's unbelievable. So, are you headed to another event after this? Or this are you kind of traveling around? This will this? conclude our 2023 tour, okay. and we'll crank back up in March. Okay, so, gotcha. And, and we're already, we'll be preparing for next year after this event. Start uh, producing the, the, the goods, right? We do. Get ready for that. We do. It's that big. That's amazing. Well, I, I mean, that's an example, um, uh, Rob, of how this event produces has an economic impact right there. Absolutely. I mean, that's a shining example of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That, that is uh, so awesome. And something else, um, uh, Rob, is that this is an event where all the communities on the coast all, all uh, coalesce around this and exactly, collaborate. You're exactly right. We picked up a Waveland this year to, to uh, round out the, the, the dozen cities on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that participate in, in Cruising the Coast. So every municipality uh, is now a part of Cruising the Coast. From one end, from Moss Point all the way to Waveland, uh, everybody participates. Uh, the Waveland event is going on today from 10 to 2. So people probably leave here at the block party and head over that way and enjoy Waveland for the day and then go to the blessing of the classics up in Diamond Head that yeah. takes, out, takes a place this afternoon. So, yeah, every city get, gets to benefit from this event in one way or another. You know, Long Beach has their parade Monday night, so they, they benefit through the parade. And um, um, we expect it to keep on growing, you know, year after year. So, Well, I have to say what it, what it truly illustrates uh, uh, to me, Rob, is that there is strength and benefit in scale right and you can't achieve scale independently right you, you, you got to combine to achieve scale that's right. what we do here and everybody thus benefits and, and Woody Bailey our executive director yep. does a tremendous job of connecting all those municipalities together to pull off this again I'm not sure how Woody does it it's unbelievable but he, he does it and uh, he does a tremendous job and has been doing a tremendous job for for cruising and the local economy and the local municipalities for uh, a number of years now and first responders and law enforcement, yep. they play an integral role in making this thing a success. We couldn't do it without them. We couldn't do it without the, the uh, EMTs and the, and the police departments and law enforcement. And uh, they, they are um, um, very helpful to our event year after year. And uh, it wouldn't even be possible without the volunteers and the first responders. No doubt. Well, congratulations on another fantastic cruise in the coast. We've been talking to Rob Sigler and Rod Milligan. We're taking a break right here, coming back with uh, Judy Young, Executive Director of Coastal Mississippi. We're in the Element Well Studios on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for Cruise in the Coast. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights stay out before us. Yeah, I'm feeling nice, wrapped around my shoulder. And I Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi.
see what you did there, Rhino. <laughs> we are back. The Element Well Studio set up here at the Biloxi Green for cruising the coast. What a fantastic view we have here atop the little stage with the iconic Super Talk Mississippi tent above us providing a little much-needed shade today. But these vehicles are certainly beautiful, and the crowds are unbelievable down here. Joining us now, Judy Young, Executive Director of Coastal Mississippi, and Jimmy Ladner, President of Coastal Mississippi Board of Commissioners. Judy and Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Another great cruise in the coast. Absolutely. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Every year they say this is the best year ever, and we just wait on the next year to make it better. <laughs> uh, I think Rob Sigler just told us we have folks uh, who have entered vehicles from all but two states. 40, 48 states and a couple of foreign countries. Canada and England are both represented here as well. That's incredible. Uh, USA Today, Judy, says that this is the best car show in the country. Well, I'm glad they reaffirmed what we already knew. No, it's fantastic. It is where I've not been. I grew up in Gearhead family, and so I've not been anywhere where they do actually cruise. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's it's not just a static event. Yeah. To move that many folks throughout a 62-mile area in three counties and get the same hospitality, coastal characters, and uh, some terms of endearment for everybody. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So Highway 90, of course, uh, is where the cars are, are driving about, uh, traveling. And it's interesting because you got spectators that are set up uh, on the sidewalk uh, in the green area in front of the structures on the beach side. Well, both sides, but it's really interesting that they're on the, on the beach side, and they're just waiting to see those cars come by. Without doubt, um, it's incredible. Isn't it? I, I drove over from Bay St. Louis this morning to get here, and there's people with actually they have signs made up, cool cars and stuff like that. So it's pretty they're neat. doing their own little grading. They're doing I guess. their own little uh, grading. Scoring yeah. it. Oh. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, these enthusiasts, they uh, they work on these vehicles uh, constantly. It's 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 almost a, a daily effort, a daily task, and you can tell that because when they show up here, even though they're 50, 60 years old. They look like they just rolled off the showroom yesterday. That's incredible, Judy. It takes some care and keeping and some <laughs> mechanical know-how to keep these running and beautiful. And um, I hear them talk all the time about yeah. how'd you do this, how'd you do that. Well, I welded this into this guy. And, <laughs> and so that's always amazing to me. But I think what I would love, and I've never seen the number, is what is the estimated value of the total of the entries, yeah, that would be a that would be an awakening, I think, of a number. That's you know that's an interesting uh, data point. So I think Rob Segler just told us nine thousand entered, I believe. Is that nine thousand right? entered, and they they project around twenty percent more that don't register for that's whatever unbelievable. reason. That's unbelievable. Yes, that uh, just show up, don't register. Just show up. Okay, don't so another eighteen hundred or so, so over ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible that they're, and, they, and they've got to be um, at least uh, put in production before 1989, is, is what Rob told us is the criteria uh, to, to enter. It's amazing that there are that many of those vehicles that are still in that kind of condition uh, to, to show at an event like this. Without doubt. That's incredible. Well, and you can still find the parts. Yeah, exactly. I bet a lot of those folks machine, uh, figure out a way to machine and fabricate their parts. I, I, I doubt you can find a lot of that stuff, you know, commercially available. So what about the economic impact to the Gulf Coast, Judy? Well, um, you know, we're, it's a $36 million 
economic impact in basically six days, maybe seven. Incredible. Um, a lot of people come the week prior, but um, they also put another three million into the state economic impact. So we have communities across Mississippi who look forward to this time frame where they have the classic cars that some way and somehow are still roadworthy enough for them to be driven from states away. The, can, the Canadian folks drove three days to get here. Incredible. It so really they're stopping is. all the way down, making an impact across the state. Yeah, spending money. I see them up in central Mississippi. I, I, I noted a few uh, just when I was out and about this weekend, uh, staying in the hotels in central Mississippi. You see the vehicles parked usually in tow, classic vehicles parked out there. Of course, I'm like a kid shooting pictures. Well, it's a 1971 Coupe <laughs> de Ville, one, one I saw. It was just gorgeous, beautiful condition. Uh, Jimmy, tell us what's going on with the Coastal Mississippi Board of Commissioners. Uh, any big tasks you guys are working on at this point? Well, our job is to get people here, you know, put beds and heads so we can generate revenue to put more beds and heads next year. Yeah. Um, we're, we're very fortunate. We have a 15-member commission that works extremely well together, uh, made up of members from Hancock, Harrison, and Jackson County. It's a prime example of when you work together, things work well. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, our big thing is to provide the resources that our great staff needs to continue doing the job they're doing. Um, and I, I think events like this and other events and the numbers that we are putting together with occupancies and stuff like that are showing that they're doing what they're supposed to do, and, and we're going to con continue to give them what they need to do that. You know, Jimmy, I wonder if someone's thinking about starting a business and they come to an event like this and they see the attendance and they, and they, and they see the, the, uh, the exchange uh, of economic activity. If that maybe doesn't push them over and persuade them, I think this would be a pretty good place to set up shop. Oh, I think it would be. And I think this is just one example, though it is the shining example of the success of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah. You could come down here on any given weekend and see the same thing happen. Yeah. Um, so, of course, a big part of uh, the economy down here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, is the uh, the hospitality and the, and the gaming industry. What, what do you hear and what kind of feedback are you getting from them, Judy, about just how they're doing right now? We're doing really well, and last year, actually, the total uh, visitor spend was $2.7 billion. Wow. Visitor spend. Visitor incredible. spend. That's and incredible. So, you know, that was up uh, over $6 million from the year prior, which was outstanding considering the challenges of fuel prices, economy, inflation, uh, few political yep. issues. Yep. So I think that what people are really looking for is an authentic experience with some great hospitality the fact that we have kind of the hospitality element of it nailed puts us way ahead of other destinations and we have a great range for people to be able to experience no doubt uh, jimmy I, I can't help but recall 2005 yes and right where we're sitting what that looked like you know i, I think i've shared before my wife's from biloxi uh, grew up in a house on Holly Street, not far from where we are right here, and and it was completely dismantled uh, by the storm. And and just uh, looking down Highway 90 at that point, I remember looking at I think it was Casino Magic that was you remember that on the I other should, side of Highway absolutely. 90. Absolutely. And look at this place now, it's unbelievable. And, and this place is like this from one end of the coast to the other. Yeah. Um, today, for example, we have an event in Waveland. Waveland's come back to cruising the coast, so that makes it a complete coastwide event. Um, we're seeing constant interest in the coast from 
Hancock to Jackson County. I know there's a, a big project in Waveland that's fixing to take place that's tourism related that I can't really say a lot about. <laughs> okay. It's about $16 million, but, wow. but other than that, I can't tell you that. So so we've come a long way since since um, that thing rolled ashore in August of 2005, but um, Mississippi Gulf Coast people and Mississippi people as a whole are resilient. Um, you know, so we we built back, we built back stronger, we built back better, and I could, with the leadership that we have here and that state level, I could see that continuing. I think the big thing, Judy, is that I don't think anybody left. I think folks were determined to, to, to rebuild and to stay here. Like, like Jimmy said, uh, Coast people, Mississippians in general, are just a, a resilient sort. And uh, they wanted to build it back better, and I think uh, mission accomplished. They did a great job, and, and that's really what is kind of the baseline for all the success. When you have six, seven generations that have truly invested in an area, and then their children and grandchildren, it's now at a point that the investment has led to them not needing to leave to go and find a job somewhere else. They can go to school, do what they'd like, and stay in this area. And when generational investment with the openness yeah. of accepting those that are new to the community, that just floors me because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily happen that way. It's unbelievable. Places. So, uh, Jimmy, when you think about what uh, creates a high quality of life, uh, you you, you got to look at all the uh, elements of life on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. You no, got no. you got uh, great schools. You got great health care. You got great infrastructure. Uh, great community leadership. Uh, fantastic neighborhoods, churches, etc. Diverse culture. I mean, you got all the above. We've got everything it takes here to be successful, and and we've got everybody pulling in the same direction. Uh, the one coast is truly a one coast thing here, and you know this ju this region of the state demonstrates what can go on and what can happen when you work as a team and work together towards a, a common goal. Totally agree. And uh, Judy, we'll catch this on the other side of the break. Uh, but there are a lot of folks that come in here for this event and say, hey, I think I want to live here maybe, right? There are. We'll talk about that when we come back. We've got Judy Young, Executive Director of Coastal Mississippi, and Jimmy Ladner, President of Coastal Mississippi Board of Commissioners. We're in the Element Well Studios at Cruising the Coast on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. And we're coming right back. Middays with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. Hey, little Cobra, don't you know you're gonna shut up down? I took my Cobra down to the track. Welcome back, everyone. It is middays, and we are at Cruising the Coast on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, set up here on the Biloxi Green. Parallel to 
Highway 90 watching all these classic vehicles travel down the road and folks are taking them in and we're just having a good old time. We're visiting with Judy Young, Executive Director of Coastal Mississippi and uh, Jimmy Ladner, President of Coastal Mississippi Board of Commissioners. So, uh, Judy, we were just talking uh, off the air there about uh, noticing the, the large number of, uh, of young folks here that are taking in uh, the experience. And you said it's because they're on fall break. They are. And um, it's, I think it's such a great step for um, car enthusiasts to be yeah. able to bring their younger folks out and try to light that fire yeah. of passion for taking care of dad's car or yeah. mom's car i've seen it quite a few that said that one of them yesterday said jenny's ride on the <laughs> on the front license plate so not just not just gentlemen with these nice cars there's a lot of ladies out there and the cool thing jimmy is these are almost exclusively american-made uh, vehicles without a doubt i mean you walk through here you see very very few foreign cars here and this was, of course, from the golden era of the American automobile manufacturing uh, industry. And, uh, wow, so much innovation we see through that industry and, and with annual model changes. I, I just bought a, a new vehicle and um, uh, from Turan Foley. I've been trading with Turan Foley. I have a connection there for, oh, gosh, I think 20 years. And I got in that vehicle, and it took the rep about 45 minutes to show me how to operate everything. And then I had to go home and watch a bunch of YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I, I was looking at the Chevrolet truck over here. I had a 70 was my first vehicle, just just about like it. And it's it, it's, it's air-conditioned, heater, and an AM, FM radio, and that's it. So. Well, this deal has a super cruise on it. Not just a cruise, but a super cruise. So it's got a, it's got a little light that's embedded uh, in the steering wheel at the top, like the top third. And on the steering column, there's a little camera. And when you set to super cruise, it's hands-off. It drives itself. It will change lanes. What? Uh, it will adjust the speed up and down based on the cruise you've set it to. And so I set it on that uh, when, I, when I bought the vehicle. I was headed back home on Highway 49, and it, and it got to an area where it, it couldn't triangulate. Uh, and so it said, "Grab the wheel," <laughs> and the green light in the in the in the steering wheel goes red at that point. So, and it what it also does is senses whether or not you're looking at the road. Mm -hmm. So, if you take your eyes off, it'll say, "Grab the wheel." So, even though you don't have to have your hands on the wheel, it's not quite totally autonomous. You still got to be ready, you know, to take over. But that's the kind of technology, and, and this is all American innovation. And it all started with these vehicles back uh, back in this era, which don't have that kind of stuff on. Them. Uh, but man, they sure are beautiful specimens and fun to drive and, and fun to look at. Without doubt, fine, fine, fine examples of American ingenuity. Unbelievable. I see these. Uh, this looks like a 55 or 56 Chevrolet with the hood open over here uh, to our left. That's uh, kind of in the two tone with uh, sort of a lemon yellow and a white. Uh, I mean, those were just your average. Uh, family vehicles back in uh, the 55, 56, 57. Probably get them for 750 bucks back then. Bunch right? of Bel Airs, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And when you look at those things, you look like in the hood there, it's mostly air. You know, it's not like a modern vehicle. You pull the hood up, you just go, oh my gosh, I'm closing this thing. You're so jam-packed with so much stuff in there. <laughs> a lot of room under those hoods. You know, I had a 68 Carmen Ghia, saved up my pennies, yeah. and uh, bought $800, right? <laughs> and it didn't didn't run, but my brother showed me how to start it with a screwdriver. 
<laughs> so uh, tr truly is incredible but it's it's neat that uh, these enthusiasts preserve all this history and I hope they continue to do this uh, this is our uh, it's our 27th annual right it is cruising the coast it is I think Jimmy how many cars did they start with uh, 374 when they started out <laughs> 374 to 9,000 maybe over 10,000 when you count the ones that are here that uh, didn't formally register that's incredible that just shows you uh, what a big deal this is and more importantly just how much fun people are having this is just the American experience come out here and have fun they're having a great time I hope that they catch the fever and head over to the vac vacari auction yeah. where they you too can own your own classic car <laughs> how cool is that uh, so give us a schedule Judy for the week um, well, we're kicking off today right we kick off today and then um, they're going to have events in every single city during Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday is the cruise. Okay. Where they have their uh, locations. They go up and down the coast in the three counties. So you get a little flavor of every region within coastal Mississippi. Beach Boys, too, right? Beach Boys, the Molly Ringwalds. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big concert over at uh, the Pearl. Scarlet Pearl, I yep. think tonight, and it was there last night. They kicked off in Long Beach yesterday. Wow. Um, it it's going to be it's going to be a jam packed weekend. You can be anywhere on the coast and find something fantastic <laughs> yeah, to look at and fantastic to eat. And, and fantastic to hear because th those are the big name bands, but every venue in every community has music and entertainment going on. It's just about the whole thing. Judy, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. Congratulations on another fantastic cruise in the coast. Appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Gerard. Thank We're you. stepping aside for a break right here, folks. It's top of the hour. That means Fox News, Super Talk News coming your way. We return with Mayor Fofo Gillich. He's the mayor of Biloxi, Mississippi. Stay with us. to the show that challenges you to think, deeply to think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Everyone, it's Middays, hour two of the program live uh, from the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast for cruising the coast on this hump day. It's hump day cruising the coast down here, Rhino. Appreciate all the great uh, automobile-related uh, tunes. Joining us now on the stage is the mayor of the great city of Biloxi, Mississippi, Andrew Fofo Gillich. Mayor. Okay, Mr. Gerard, I appreciate being here. Always, it's a great, great, great pleasure to be with, with Super Talk and everything. You know, it's always you know enjoyable to talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. But specifically today, this, these cars and these memories and these uh, this excitement, I think. And, uh, very cool. Very cool. It's so fantastic. It's got to be a great feeling, uh, Mayor, to showcase the fine city of Biloxi. It, it is. It always has been. You know, just it's just a, just a pleasure. To, you know, for, for me personally, and you know, uh, to, to you know, the childhood 
place that I, I love and, and now for our kids and our grandkids to do what, what's right and you know a hundred years from now they may still be talking about you know back in the old days with when those cars were in the 50s and 60s and 40s and 30s yeah. but uh, to me I, you know, I look around and I can, you know, just look at the headlights and look at the uh, valve covers. I used to build my model cars. <laughs> Me too. And, and, and literally, you could look at it. You know, I, when I always it was a Buick, a Buick nail head. You know, where the valve covers went straight up and down. So, yeah. you know, and I'm just, you know, nobody formally said, you know, learn this, but you learned it when yeah. you did it. So, yeah, exactly. And, and just, you know, look at that 39 right there and look at it. Is that 50, incredible? Yeah, look at that 59 over that Cadillac. It's about. 35 feet long. That's beautiful. And about 40 feet wide. <laughs> that's right. And right next to it is kind of my favorite that's category, and that's a, that's an SS Camaro. That looks like, what, 67, 68, 69 series, the oh, yellow yeah. one right next to the Cadillac. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's a 67. That's a 67. 67? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I always wanted one of those when I, when I was in high Especially school. Especially with the 396 <laughs> big block in, I'm telling you. Which would, be, which would have been dumb for my parents to let me have that, I'm afraid. It's like a motor with a saddle on it. Loop <laughs> 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 You remember, not a lot of uh, seat belts back then. That's right? exactly right. Didn't have all the seat belts and yeah. all the safety stuff and airbags and all that stuff. Just brute force power. Yeah, that but is, man. Man, they sure were a lot of fun. You had yeah. to juice them up with the glass packs. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Remember all the aftermarket products. The, was it Hearst that made the shifts? Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And uh, somebody made special brakes. Can't remember. And the and, clutches. And everybody in school if you had moon eyes. Moon That's equipped. Right. Moon, moon equipped. <laughs> And um, Iskandarian cam, too. I still got all this on one of my old uh, uh, mirrors in, in my bedroom set. It's in my mother's house right now. But moon equipped and Iskandarian cams and, and uh, B&M hydro uh, uh, transmissions. Anyway, that, those, uh, I'm going back. But it's back. great. we got to applaud these enthusiasts for preserving all this history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, you know about thousands and thousands of you know, economy and, and, you know, I, I uh, I see my, my good buddy John Toothman, who bailed me out of every project I was into you know, <laughs> since I got into getting some of these old cars. But you know, yeah, the, and the expertise and you know, it, it's wild. You can just you can tell those guys that that know can just listen to you know about something click in the valve cover. You know what you got to do, <laughs> exactly or, or right. you know, temperature and, and those kinds of things. Yeah. But uh, what's I, going on in the city here, Mayor? Everything. You know, we, we you know we've had another pretty good gaming year, and yep. you know, through through 4.3 million visitors a year, 7,000 hotel rooms. You know, uh, the rest of the years, the rest of the you know country has been through some struggles, and we we do too. But it's uh, you know it's it's amazing that uh, we're in the, the economic position that we're in, and, and be able to make sure year after year after year. It's hard to you know break a record every year, but we've done it three years in a row. It's unbelievable. And you know, and we're not the only benefit. And you know, I I've talked to some of our you know, from the higher up. So the, how we go, they go. You know, the money's yeah. go way up there. So just let us, you know, you know, in business, you press, you give me some money, I'll make you more money. That's right. Okay, and that's that's the position I'm in. That's right. And uh, that's uh, that's always a challenge, but that's okay. Business is business, and you know, it yeah, business has rules. You know, yeah. it's, it, no doubt about it. Has none, in, or very few. But uh, yeah, no, we we're in good shape, I think. With the so when you look at future. sales tax diversions, because I'm, I'm noticing that uh, for the first. A uh, few months of the year here, we're in we're in uh, what month three now? We just yeah. completed, I guess, month three, July one, July yeah. August, September. Yeah. So first FY quarter, yeah. but uh, of, of, right, a fiscal year twenty four in the state. But looking at uh, sales tax collections, those are actually up, meaning you're, I'm assuming your diversions are up. Yeah, uh, well, revenues you know, you, up look, a we, we look at it October, October, you know, October. Yeah, yeah, but your uh, year. In, in looking looking at it, you know, uh, do you know the mathematics? Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know, my my 
sales tax was you know my return about 18 percent was, okay. was uh, you know that's a diversion 14 and a half million yeah do the arithmetic yeah. you divide that you mean we sent a hundred something million up there i got okay, it. We, 18 percent back yeah it's yeah. so you know you know you know what the deal is oh yeah yeah so hey i've always we always have challenge with you know public safety and you know the ability to uh to, to service with the people that are here you look around within within a, uh, a mile i got six thousand hotel rooms okay and they're filled on the weekends every every weekend so we're not a fifty thousand uh, population town. We're a hundred thousand. That's true. And and so I, I, it's hard to for people to recognize. I need infrastructure. I need you know service support. I need those kinds of you know AMR response or, or you know emergency responses. You just don't do you don't do that with just looking at population. You look at, yeah. the, at the business aspects, and that's you know a challenge for for us for Bluxy to say, okay, man, this is this is for real. We want to make sure these people just are dying to come here every every weekend, every you know every cruising, every Mardi Gras, every uh, St. Patrick's Day, those kinds of things. We just went over, and I don't mean to. Yeah. Take, take no, a breath, but please. you know, this is uh, this is a real uh, not a challenge, but we to get the word. Uh, this is what's complicated, but it's not complicated when you when you look at every aspect of the of business here, Blux and, and the tourism business and, and the quality of life business. Now, you and I both come from the technology world, and uh, we were privileged uh, to service the city of Biloxi mm -hmm. uh, for many years. Uh, yeah, my company was That's with right. uh, lots of technology projects. This uh, artificial intelligence and and quantum computing, supercomputing is absolutely taken off uh, like a rocket and is being injected into every phase of society. What, what are you seeing? How do you see that uh, benefiting municipalities? Oh, it, it will benefit. You know, you, you know that you know, when you have, have 30,000 processors, you know, sharing some memory. <laughs> and, and, you know, because I came up, my first uh, job was at Control Data Corporation. I worked on the Remember CD, well. CD6600. I did my homework on the CD6600 at the University of Houston. And and it was tall, you know, it had eight peripheral processors and then one big 64-bit that one exchange jump, you're actually into another program. Right. So that was the the beginning of supercomputing. Now you multiply that, that eight processors by thousands, you know, and it happens. And now you can segment the, the, the tasks that need to be done and you, you, you deposit that. You say, go, everybody go compute this and come back and put that here and then I'm going to take my, but it, it, the challenge in software is unbelievable. Unbelievable. But then you, 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 you know, the software, you have some flexibility and a horsepower you can put on right. on a task, and I hate that mental gymnastics. I love that stuff. Well, that's that's been the cat and mouse game since you and I've been in the business, right? Yep. Yep. Software gets more powerful, demands uh, faster and more uh, performance yep. uh, hardware, and then we get that, and then we create more software, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's a great challenge. You know, yeah. you just look at it. Remember the old days where you had all the AC pumped up through the floor through these little. That's decks right. Like that. That's right. Now I went. I visited you know Noah, and they have they're always in a mode of of having one that's implemented to do all these tasks is pretty much DOD and, yep. and batch tasks, yep. but they're always going from one cycle to the other. You know, when they get one, they say, I've got a plan to, to get one of those, uh, you know, one generation old supercomputers, and we're going to do some <laughs> serious cloud computing and some serious kind of, you know, uh, AI kinds of things. Man, I, I got to tell you, I hadn't heard controlled data. It's been a long time since I heard that. A lot yep. of people not, aren't familiar with that, but kind of the original makers of supercomputers. No, it was. Yep. Yep. Original Seymour Cray. That's I, right, I saw Cray one, computer. Yes, yeah, Cray. And we it, got one up at the Waterways Experiment yeah, Station. Absolutely. In Vicksburg, Mississippi. And, and literally, he, it was, you know, 
to me. I'm 21 years old. I started when I was in 1968 with them, and it was in a data center. Yeah. And they did almost the ge all the geophysical processing for Pemex and, and everybody. I mean, they were, reservoir engineering and all that was wind up. The, the output was a Calcom plotter. Right. Okay. And you knew where the, where the things were. And, and then there was some geophysical processing where you. So cool. It, it was cool. That's so cool. But we're gonna we're gonna see this artificial intelligence. No question. You guys are gonna. I mean, municipalities. Everybody is gonna benefit from this. You, you, but we got to be careful. We got to right. be responsible. Well, we do. But you know, we got to be because you know, just look at, at the strikes that have happened over across you know uh, with the Second River and MGM. Yeah. Gym. yeah. But now you're in a mode where you have the horsepower to to identify patterns that are not normal. That's look right. At, look at IP IP addresses that normally sign onto your box. That's right. You know, it. it, it you know, at a speed at which they can then yeah. thwart those uh, attempts to attack, and that and so it's a cat and mouse. No, game it is. Genesis. It's very cool stuff, though. You know. Before you go, you you got all the ingredients here, uh, Mayor and City of Biloxi, to to really produce a fantastic quality of life. You got great health care. You got great schools. You got great infrastructure. I know that's a, that's a constant chase, but you, you do a great job with that. You got great law enforcement, low crime. It's a good place to live. No, it is great. It's the greatest for me. I'm I, you know me. I just smile all the time. <laughs> you know, with, with our heritage, you know, we just had to. President of Croatia visit here. Yeah, saw that last week, and, and and right in the middle of our, our golf tournament, which is you know the biggest four ball in the in the country. Yep. But anyway, you know it, it's just so happy. We're it's, just so happy. It's awesome, and of course you know I'm partial because I married a beloved guy. Right, about right. two blocks from here. In the do, BBM, so. You're right there. You're right there. <laughs> Mayor, appreciate you coming you, on, sir. We'll talk anytime. to you again. Call appreciate me anytime. Right yes, sir. Ooh. Thank you. We're coming right back, folks, with Sean Tindall, Commissioner of the Department of Public Safety and also Chief Bo Lucky. We're in the Element Well studio at Cruising the Coast. Talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays live from the Biloxi Green. We're here for Cruising the Coast, the 27th annual Cruising the Coast. And we welcome to the program now the Commissioner of the Department of Public Safety, Sean Tindall, and uh, the Chief of the Capitol Police, Bo Lucky. Gentlemen, good to have you guys on today. Great to be here on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday in Biloxi, Mississippi. Chief, this is great, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a beautiful day, and uh, it's my first time at cruising the coast. Yeah, well, welcome. I, I know, uh, Commissioner, you and I have spoken every time we've come down here, which is always a delight. And I was just uh, noting that I think the crowds are a little bigger at this time of day on Wednesday, on the first day. Uh, than I've seen in the past. I think it's definitely bigger. There's more people. It, it's spreading na nationwide. In fact, I, I think it was just this past year, it was rated the number one uh, classic car event in the country. Absolutely. So, number one car show in the country as uh, determined by USA Today, and that's after uh, evaluating all the shows like this in the country. And uh, we had Rob Sigler on, who's the uh, registration uh, czar, I'm going to call him, and he said that we got 9,000 registered. 9,000! 
And they have to be older than uh, uh, 1989, have to be produced before 1989. It's kind of hard to believe there are 9,000 of those still in condition to be here, and they all look like they came off the showroom is what they look like to me. They look brand new. I mean, it, it really is a spectacular event. You get to see all kinds of different cars, classic cars, and, and, and even folks that aren't registered. And it really, you know, I've seen Lamborghinis and McLarens and, and all kinds of cars yeah. down here. So. Isn't that cool? And, and we're told that there are entrance uh, vehicles from 48 of the 50 United States. That's incredible. All descending on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah, what, what a great boost for our state and tourism and just really across the board. And, and you know, and I was here when, when it started off really small. It was in Gulfport. It yeah. was down by the, the hotel in downtown Gulfport. And, and, and it was just a kind of a small event that Woody Bailey put together. And it has grown into this magnificent thing for our state. Jimmy Ladner just told us it was 300 vehicles in the first year. Now we're over 9,000. How incredible is that? Um, Chief? All right, so uh, Chief of the uh, the Capitol Police, uh, your role has expanded a bit uh, after the legislature enacted uh, of some laws that kind of expanded the Capitol Complex Improvement District. How's that going? You got any thoughts on that? Well, it actually has not expanded yet, okay. but it's about to. Okay, uh, hadn't gone into into place yet. Correct. Okay. Uh, July one, right. we will uh, expand uh, our territory from Raymond Road to Northside Drive. Wow. So basically we're adding the amount of territory to what the size of what we already had. So doubling what we had basically. Okay. And 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 you were collaborating with other local law enforcement under this deal. Is that right? Correct. Yes, that is correct. Um, you know, we work pretty closely with uh, Jackson Police Department as well as Hines County Sheriff's Department. And then, of course, we also work uh, hand-in-hand with DPS, MHP, MBN agencies sure. under the same umbrella as us. Sure. So does this mean, Chief, that you will have to add staff to the Capitol Police? You know, that's what we're looking at. We, In order to keep the same model that we've got going right now in our current area, uh, we would need to add a uh, pretty significant amount of staff okay. to keep the same presence up in the new area. Okay. And, and Commissioner, uh, how does the Capitol Police integrate with the Department of Public Safety? How does that work? Uh, it, you know, I think it's been a, a great transition. Uh, of course, they came over about a year, year and a half ago, and, and, and since then, they, they grew from having about 75 officers to now just over 150. We wow. told the legislature that we were going to need upwards of 200 uh, with the expansion. But, you know, you can't do it all overnight, so it's a process where we're recruiting, adding officers, and really a force multiplier for local law enforcement. Uh, when it comes to the state side of it, of course, we get the benefit of, of Highway Patrol and MBN and MBI and, and, and Homeland Security and, and the Commercial Transportation Enforcement Division that, you know, helping us along the way, helping with calls of whether it's firearms or cars, because um, we all have that common mission of public safety, and so we're able to combine our resources and work together and share intelligence, share information, share knowledge, and, and I think it's been a, a very smooth transition. Of course, I think there was a lot of naysayers in the beginning, yeah. and, and they're starting to see the light that this is a, a benefit for the state. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I know there, there are some legal challenges uh, to the law and uh, not exactly sure where all that's going to land at this point, but I think overall this was the right decision, the right move. Look, when you can enhance public safety, uh, I think it's always the right move, and, and I do find it you know, very interesting. Uh, when you when you look at other states and and you know, it seems like you've always got one party that's wanting to bring the politics into public safety. Um, with our leadership in this state, it's always just been do your job and go do it right and do it well. And and with that, public safety improves and people are happy. Yeah, I I absolutely believe so. And I you know I just say that uh, whenever I'm in uh, the capital area, 
I always see a, a, a nice presence of Capitol Police officers, and they look like they're out and about doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is patrolling and looking out for the safety of the people in the area. We've got to have a safe Capitol area and a Capitol City. Uh, the state cannot thrive without that, in my view. What do you think, Chief? Yes, sir. I agree with you 100%, and that's... That's what I ask of my team every day is just to be that visible presence out there, that that deterring factor for the criminal element yeah. and, um, you know, that force multiplier for the surrounding agencies that were already in existence before us. Yeah, well, you know, I, typically when I interact with them, maybe it'll be at events and stuff. Um, and that always courteous, always respectful, always professional. I, I want to point that out. So it looks like you got a, a good team. But, Commissioner, if we're going to get up to, what you say, around 200, I think JPD is, what, 250 or so at this point, right? That's correct. And I think they had a high of close to 400. Um, at one and, time. And, right? and, and it has gone down over the years. Now they're starting to build that up. And, yeah. and I think Chief Wade and, and, you know, they've realized you got to be committed to public safety to be successful. And so uh, I think the city uh, has tried to reinstitute some of that commitment to public safety and so working hand in hand uh, we're going to make great strides in the capital city and folks you know i get questions from other parts of the state why are we just doing that for the jackson area and i said well you know this is your state capital you you might come here to go to the supreme court you might come here to go to the state capital you might come here to go uh, to one of the many museums and fairgrounds or one of the five universities or the medical yeah. center that's in the ccid so yep. uh, there's a lot of reasons from people all over the state to come and, and it's there to help protect you and make that visit safe it's it's critical it's essential and you know the 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 fact is, we've got to have a thriving economy to move Mississippi forward, and we cannot have a thriving account economy without public safety. It, it's it's essential. It's embedded. Uh, the two are inextricably linked, and so if, if if business owners and folks that are looking at making business investments feel good about that, that their assets can be protected, and that consumers can shop in a safe environment, they're more likely to invest and take risk. If not, they're going somewhere else. Absolutely. And, and one of the, the anecdotes that we're running into when we talk to people in, in the CCID, you know, uh, people that own buildings that used to be uh, partially vacant, they're telling us now, hey, we're, we're having people coming back. That's awesome. And people re-upping their leases that might have been thinking about leaving. Uh, so that's always good to hear. And, you know, when we go talk to the communities and talk to the homeowners and different community leaders, they talk about how, you know, the housing market is going up. You yeah. know, houses Good. are not staying on the market as long as they were. Good. And, um, you know, all that is essential to uh, bringing Jackson back as a whole and, totally and representing the state of Mississippi in a, in a better light. Uh, once we start like you said uh your number one priority is whenever you're an investor or a homeowner is safety sure I and mean, that's that's one of the things that you want to secure investment you want to secure a place to raise your family and to uh live your life and you know that's what we're trying to promote in jackson with capitol police and uh, i think so far it's been an overwhelming success and the community's behind us more than we ever thought they would be totally agree i see it i feel it i hear it uh, commissioner uh it's hard to believe but that uh, that legislature will be back under the dome here in just a couple of months anything uh, on the radar for you sir at the department of public safety that you need to work with the legislature on we're starting to approach them about our agenda i mean one of the things that i'm going to make a big push for this year is bringing back mandatory driver's education uh, i'd like sure. to see it put back in our school so we got to work with the department of education on that uh, i want a better funding for our law enforcement officers and salaries and benefits so we're going to be working um, on that and and there's several other things that that we want to bring to the the table that are going to help enhance public safety and and i do want to give kudos to, to chief lucky here and, and and really our whole dps 
Jets team. Uh, Chief Lucky came into a situation where he knew uh, we were going to be growing the role of Capitol Police and, and has led by example, working late hours, showing up at you know crime scenes that typically you wouldn't see a chief at. But but he, he's done that job trying to motivate his men and women that are there, and, and they've really bought into his leadership and really our whole agency, Colonel Ginn, Deputy Commissioner Davis, Deputy Commissioner McDevitt, uh, you know, everybody's working together to make sure that they're a success, and, and I'm really proud of our whole team uh, across the board at DPS with, with what we've been doing there. No doubt about it. Uh, you've got a great team, great staff, and uh, you've been graduating some new troopers as well, right? We have, and, you know, for the first time since the Fordyce administration, uh, we've had a governor that's had a patrol school in every single year of his uh, administration, and, and this will actually make six uh, consecutive patrol schools that we've had, and we, we've got another one planned for next year. That's awesome. Well, I'll just tell you guys, as a citizen, I'm grateful for for you and, and uh, their service. Uh, those that are under your watch there, they are so professional, so respectful, and uh, we are honored to have them protect us in the state of Mississippi. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Yes, Thank sir. you for coming Thank you. on. Thank We're you. stepping aside for a break right here. When we come back, it's Jeff Lane with the Molly Ringwall. Stay with us. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Middays is live. The Element Well Studio has been relocated today to the Biloxi Green on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast for the 27th annual Cruise in the Coast. We are pleased to welcome to the program now Sir Devin of the Molly Ringwalls. Sir Devin, good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So the first question i got to ask you is, where would you get the name Molly Ringwalls as the name of the band, of the group? That happened about 24 years ago. Actually, we were having lunch with some, some, uh, some chaps of ours, and we were thinking about doing this 80s band and playing old MTV hits and things like that. We were just throwing things around, and a friend across the table said, what about the modern walls? And we were like, <laughs> check, please. That's, That's good awesome. enough. It was that easy. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. So you are the band's lead singer and also guitarist, right? Well, I, I'm most handsome, is what they really call me. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I do most of the singing, but we all sing. We all play different instruments. We kind of trade off and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, mostly cover stuff from that era, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we call ourselves a rock and roll band because that's kind of what we do. And, and uh, But yeah, it's it's the old songs from the MTV era, from the early 80s to the late 80s. So yeah, it's a good combination of, of all that great stuff that we miss. A bunch. Yeah, you mean when music television TV was actually actually aired music videos? <laughs> that was the concept, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It's crazy. Invented by a Mississippian, you know. Did I you didn't, know that? I did not know that. Yeah, the founder of MTV is from the state of Mississippi. 
get Absolutely. out of here. That's yeah. fant That's a good trivia question. Yes, there. it is. I would uh, think New York or something like that. I know. I think, uh, Rhino, was it uh, Brookhaven? Is that right? The, the founders, I recall, of MTV. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Hales from Brookhaven is, is what I remember. Of Lincoln County, maybe. But okay. you're here because you guys are going to be performing at the Beau Rivage, right? We are. Cruising the coast. This is maybe our sixth or seventh year doing this. And, and tonight we're at the Beau Rivage. We start for 7.30. Tickets are $20. And uh, there's going to be some meet and greet with some of the major kind of, uh, I guess, car personnel that y'all have here, something <laughs> like that, right? The big giants of the cruising the coast. Yeah. Not the band, I guess. I guess they didn't want the band meet and greet. They just wanted the car people. <laughs> but that's All okay. Right. Well, here's what I got to know, Sir Devin. Can you share with us uh, any any cuts uh, from the set list? Can you tell us about that? I haven't worked on it yet, but it's going to be AE's tunes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Now, it, it re um, we kind of look back the last time we played the area. And I don't really know when that is. I have to get with uh, with uh, our our staff to find out what we did, and we won't repeat those songs probably. So okay. it'll be a totally different show. But you know, it's going to be you know there might be under pressure by David Bowie, Queen, okay. maybe you know you can't get alive, you can't get out the door alive if you don't play a Journey song. Of course, so that's my gonna favorite. Be, by the way, I yeah. love Journey. So there's probably going to be a song by those guys. There might be some Duran Duran, in excess. Okay. Tons, tons, tons. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's seventies, but I'm thinking Foreigner, Boston, Sticks, any of those guys. So we do do a Foreigner song because they crossed over into the eighties. We yeah. do uh, we do Urgent, but we do Jukebox Hero pretty oh, often. Oh, that's awesome. So if you and the show, we'll do it tonight. That is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you've got. I looked at your website. You've got quite the busy tour. We are. We're very busy. It's you know since COVID, we've been rocking and rolling all over the country. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. We've had we were just in Oxford, Mississippi last week, yep. uh, Dallas, Texas. We're here in the lovely confines of Biloxi, Mississippi. Yep. So yeah, it's all over the country, and uh, we're gonna have a really good busy schedule for the rest of the year. So when you're covering these these classic '80s groups like this, uh, Sir Devin, do, do you do you study uh, videos or, or just listen consistently to uh, their tunes to try to get the look and feel? Yeah, we try and keep it as close to the original as possible. We don't really like to stray because I don't think the art, like we would never do Don't Stop Believing as a jazz tune. I don't think the yeah. audience wants that. <laughs> so we pretty much kind of stick to the way it was written. You okay. know, maybe a couple little things, but we try and we try and do as close to the record as possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you find that to be difficult when you're trying to emulate someone else as opposed to being yourself, or do you kind of integrate the two? We integrate the two for okay. sure. You know, it's um, the the band, uh, excluding yourself, is uh, a pretty good musicians. They're sure. they're actually better than good. You know, <laughs> of course. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of it's not. I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it comes rather natural for the guys to kind of pick up on these tunes. Okay, you know. Um, when we go and record them for an album, then it gets a little bit tricky because you're like, oh, there's this part that we didn't play, or <laughs> there's this harmony over here that we totally forgot about. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's good both ways. Well, and also, this is back in the pre-auto-tune days as well, right? Thank God, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, this, is, this is the raw sound. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's live. That's that's just incredible. Uh, do you think MTV uh, VH1, I guess, was kind of a a, a comer after that? 
Do you think maybe they'll return to those days of playing constant music videos? There doesn't seem to be a lot of interest in that, does it? I, I think you said it right there. I just don't think the kids today are into that. You know, they're, they're into their phones and their computers, yeah. and, and they can find it on, on those resources as well. But, man, I think about it constantly, how much the kids today are missing out. I agree. Well, and if for nothing else, because in our day, in the 80s, for example, you'd hear these tunes and you loved them uh, on the radio or perhaps uh, you had the albums, you know, the LPs. But, man, all of a sudden you could see them on these videos, the artists themselves, you Absolutely. know, in person uh, performing. And, it was, and, and the video producers would get pretty creative with all that stuff. They actually would. You know, I mean, w without MTV, VH1, we probably wouldn't have heard of Kaja Gugu. We might yeah. not have heard of Duran Duran or In Excess being from Australia because there wasn't there wasn't much of that on the American radio at that time. That's there was true. there was some you know um, uh, uh, Lonesome Loser. Yeah, I, I, I can't uh, think of the Australian band, the Little River Band. Little I mean, River they, Band. Yeah, Lonesome they kind of made it, but there wasn't there wasn't that much you know. But um, today's radio, they play maybe ten artists. Yeah, and MTV, you would get twenty audience between. 20, 20 bands or 20 artists between 11 and 12 midnight. Yeah. But, you know, uh, here's what I found, though. When you introduce that music to the younger generations, they fall in love with it. Absolutely. They fall in love with it. Absolutely love it. We have a, a very young following. A lot of the fans who come to our shows always ask us when will we be doing it all ages because they want to bring their kids to it. Yeah. And we look in the audience and the kids know the words to Jesse's girl better than me. <laughs> Rick Springfield. Exactly too, right. Exactly right. So, who uh, hosts yeah. a show on um, Sirius FM? He does. I listen uh, to Sirius XM. Sirius the, XM. The yeah. 80s channel. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah. He's great. He's, you know, I'm very happy for someone like him because he's a real artist. You right. know, great guitar player, writes most of his own tunes, great guy, great performer. And he's been doing this. He's lasted from 19, actually from the late 70s, he had a hit in America before Jesse's Girl. But I'm, I'm glad artists like him are still around today performing their work. Because well, that's a good point because these were really musicians playing this music. Uh, Toto is one of my favorites, oh. uh, for example. The, How about that lineup of musicians? The all-stars of musicians, Incredible. for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably combined uh, could be heard on, on more songs that you didn't even know they played on in the studio, right? Exactly. Uh, the drummer, Jeff Picaro. Man, he did a million records. Steve Lukather, Lukather if I'm pronouncing his name right, yeah. wrote, written so many songs for, from Lionel Richie to George Benson, you know, um, played guitar, not the solo, but played the guitar on Beat It, and yeah, so sure many did. other songs. So yeah, that band is, how that band is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, travesty. But, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sucks anyway. It's so. a travesty. REO Speedwagon, one of my favorites. Not love in the him. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Love them, love them. Right? If I'm not mistaken, Dan Fogelberg's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Dan Fogelberg is, what a great American songwriter he is, huh? Unbelievable. It's crazy. These were true musicians, though, that's the point. I mean, they, they they played music. They created music. You know, we we not just not just acted it. You know what I'm saying? Like like in the '60s, maybe that was more acting than anything else. So you know, I I think each each decade had their moment. You know, I think the last great moment was the '90s. There were some fantastic bands yeah. who came from the '90s, and then after that, and maybe it's just myself who doesn't get into it anymore. That there are some there are some great artists out there. Yeah, they just they're not on radio. Yeah. It's just so formatted that it's just, not, it's just not 
there anymore. But there's, if you look on, if you research Spotify or you go on YouTube, there's so many great bands out there. Yeah, they're just not being heard anymore. That's unfortunately, true. that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. We don't. Well, back then, you know, you had a limited number of, of sources of outlets for it, and everybody tuned into that uh, to see what was going on. But I think it's cool that you're you're keeping um, that that category that era alive because I, I'd maybe go down as the best ever in our history arguably, from a rock and roll perspective. Arguably, for sure. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's someone who's a lot older than me would say that the '60s were better. I mean, my favorite band is the Beatles, so I'm not going to argue with yeah, that. Can't but, argue with that. But I love the BGS in the '70s, and I love Hollow Notes, and I love Queen, and all those bands through the '70s. I'm an '80s guy because it's it's in me DNA. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a night fan too so I think those are the four the, the, the four great decades and the 50s had their moments as well I agree Sir Devin with the Molly Ringwalds has been our guest playing at the Beau Rivage right playing at the Beau Rivage tickets are $20 the band starts at 7.30 we're in the big room there'll be a meet and greet for some of the more important car personnel here sounds great um, and uh, thanks for having me this Appreciate is great coming on. we're coming right back folks we're at Cruising the Coast stay with us Awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. everyone it's middays we are live at cruising the coast we've relocated the element wealth studio to the biloxi green as rhino bumps us into this segment with a little 70s that's fog hat it's a slow ride we welcome to the program now patty mayer with coastal mississippi now you're the communications director is that, that correct, is patty? correct i'm the director of communications and engagement which means that I have the pleasure of going out across the coast, the state, and around the country telling people all about why they need to come to coastal Mississippi on their vacations. Well, that's an easy job. It's a great place to come. I'm you? telling you, what could, <laughs> who wouldn't love this? <laughs> it is awesome. I saw. I, I just got to say it again for those that maybe just tuned in. This is the biggest I've seen the crowds in my three years of doing the show from from this vantage point uh, at this point of the day on Wednesdays. We mm -hmm. kick things off. I think that foretells of a huge weekend and big attendance. I think so too. Um, I was at the Long Beach Parade Monday night, and the crowds yeah. there were phenomenal. People just everywhere having a great time, you know, enjoying the cards, enjoying the cruise. I mean, there's something here for everybody to, to yeah. really have a great time. It, it really is. And this is the opportunity to showcase all things great about the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. It is. It is. We, um, you know, I, I know sometimes people have perceptions about what we are, who we are, and what we have here, but I tell people, we, you know, if, if you want fried shrimp, you're going to find it. <laughs> if you want a fine dining experience, you're going to find it. We have we have a hotel for every price point, yep. and we have a restaurant for every budget, so it, you know, and every taste bud at that. So whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it here. I've also got to point out, we got great golf courses around here, too. I'm oh a big golfer, my. so how about that? Don't we just? We have some amazing <laughs> 
in golf courses. It's uh, it, there's just we have we have such an abundance of wonderful things for people to enjoy when they come here. Uh, we have activities for families. We you know we're seeing a lot of multi generational vacations now, yeah, yeah. and I just love that. I love seeing families who who come here and and bring the grandparents, bring the the aunts and uncles, and all the cousins, and just having a great time. Big time concerts and talent as Ooh, well, no, right? No doubt about Either it. Either at the casinos or the great uh, Gulf Coast Coliseum. That's right. We have well, you just. You just uh, had on uh, the lead singer for the Molly Sir Ring Devin, yeah. and, and uh, they've got the Beach Boys coming. Um, you know, so cool. Journey's coming in the in February. I'll be there. Looking forward to it. You and me both. I'll see you there. <laughs> I was. So awesome. I think I was the first one at 901 <laughs> hitting, hitting bye, bye, bye. So. Kicking off their Freedom 2024 tour right here in Biloxi. I know. How cool I'm, is that? It's extremely cool. It's. Um, I, I mean, it's huge. It's huge for the coast. We want people to come. And and enjoy the concert yeah. and enjoy enjoy all our beautiful hotel properties. Yep. Have a good time. Well, I'm all set. I got all that wired for the whole family coming down I here. So we're, look, we're looking that's forward awesome. to it. Going to stay a couple of days. And uh, you know that's that's something that we should point out. Uh, Patty said people that are from other parts uh, of our great state. You're looking for a vacation? Come to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Bunch of stuff to do here. There really is. You know, I I grew I didn't grow up on the coast, but I grew up in Monticello. Yeah. And when I was growing up, this was my beach. I loved coming here every year with my parents, and so it's really a pleasure and an honor to get to promote this to to promote these three counties: Hancock, Harrison, and Jackson County. All the different. You know, we have 12 communities. Each are a little bit different. But at the same time, we're one coast, and and it's it's really amazing to see people come here and discover and say, hey, I, w I really want to come back. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and this is uh, a time when we see all those coastal communities uh, collaborate to uh, make this such a successful event. And they indeed. all benefit from it. Indeed, they do. And, you know, in this year, Waveland added an event. So yep. now, it, you know, we go from Moss Point to Waveland and everything in between. So what more could you ask for? And we got people coming in here from all over the country, some from other nations as yes. well. They come to yes. the great Mississippi Gulf Coast and they get to experience that uh, fantastic uh, Mississippi hospitality that we're so noted for, especially indeed. right here on the Gulf Coast. And, I've, you know, I've been enjoying going around and, you know, in the course of doing my job, I always like to talk to people wherever I go, and so today I've been out here handing out hand fans and <laughs> to folks as they pass by and just asking them where are you visiting from, and I've met people from Texas and Oklahoma, you know, all up from all over, and they are just, they're just having a great time. If you're watching, folks, I'm holding up one of the hand <laughs> fans that is shaped like the great state of Mississippi. There That's you go. Right. That's <laughs> right. Play coastal Mississippi with a, a classic a vehicle, looks like uh, Chevrolet there from probably the early to mid 60s yeah. is featured on the front. So cool. Well, uh, Patty, once again, congratulations okay. on the great success of cruising the coast and uh, so proud for folks from all over the place to come to our state, to come mm -hmm. to the coast and experience the, the richness and the hospitality and, of course, these fantastic classic vehicles. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We're coming right back after Fox News and Super Talk News. That's because it's top of the hour. The afternoon portion of Middays is up next. We've got Jimmy Rafferty, the mayor of Past Christiane, Mississippi, on after the break. Stay with us.
Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Hour three, the afternoon portion of Middays from the Element Wealth Studio located on the Biloxi Green at Cruising the Coast in uh, Biloxi on this hump day. Yes, it is hump day for Cruising the Coast. Joining the program now, Jimmy Rafferty, the mayor of Pass Christiane, Mississippi. Mayor, good to see you, sir. Great. Thank you very much, Gerard, for having me on board. So, uh, man, this event is unbelievable. What uh, an economic shot in the arm. Let's start with that uh, to the entire Gulf Coast. Yeah, it is. And even in Pass Christiane alone, we're the smallest town on the coast, and yet this equates to about another 10% of sales. Wow. So it's That's a great incredible. thing for our town, for you know, all our restaurants and shops and so forth. And I hear lots of the merchants say that this is really their Christmas. It is. It is. That, that's true. You get uh, visitors from uh, not only all over the state, but honestly all over the country. We were told by Rob Sigler earlier on in the program that we've got uh, cars entered, registered, from 48 of the 50 states. That's incredible to descend upon uh, the great Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah, I heard they were hoping to approach 10,000 cars this year. That is unbelievable. Uh, tell us about what's going on in Past Christiane. Uh, what, what, do you, what are you guys working on these well, days? Well, we're very fortunate. We're growing here. You know, we've had great leadership in the state, you know, with Tate, Delbert, and Philip. Great leadership. And we've been the beneficiary of some great grants. And we're developing our downtown. Uh, you know, we, we were one of the hardest hit communities in Katrina. Yeah. And we still have a lot of vacant space 17 years after Katrina. Wow. But right now, we've gotten some great grants, and we've managed to uh, make an inducement to developers to come in, and we're, we're about to develop our Harbor Green space. Also downtown, we had a thriving uh, school, St. Paul's there before Katrina, and yep. it's been grass ever since. And now, we're getting ready to put in 36 townhomes there. Oh, so wow. that'll be a great thing for our town. Okay. Um, Al, how's your financial picture looking these days? We're growing, which is good. We're growing in sales, and that's a good thing. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to find a house for sale or for rent right now in the past because, you know, it's just, you know, we've predominantly been a, a residential community our entire existence, and, you know, that's what a lot of people are looking for these days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the entire coast overall, though, Mayor, uh, seems to be faring pretty well economically. It, it is. The, th the three coastal counties are growing. And, and it's an amazing thing. We're very fortunate. Yeah. And also, you know, you know, you were talking with a number of the mayors earlier, and it's all this one coast principle that we have here. And it's all about, you know, we get together often. Uh, we all went up to the Neshoba County Fair this year for yeah. one coast day. And it's just a great thing. You know, we all, in fact, I'll never forget, we got voted uh, one of the best coastal cities in America. That's uh, awesome. And, and the next day I got a note from Billy Hughes. Jimmy, a win for Pascasians, a win for the coast. Oh, that's fantastic. Billy so, Hughes, of course, the mayor yeah. of Gulfport. And, and I think Mayor, it's, it's, uh, it's fair to say, hasn't always been the case. There's been a little contention yeah. historically, but in the last several years, I've seen no evidence of that. No. Nothing but collaboration. Well, I've been mayor now for two years now, and, and I haven't seen any of that. In fact, when I first came on board, I had no political experience before. I was in human resources for 30 years. Okay. So, came in, and every other week I get together with the, the Harrison County mayors, and they've been like mentors to me. So, That's it's awesome. just, you know, Fofo and, and Billy and, and, and George Bass in Long Beach. It's been a great thing for me. So, you got great leadership. You've also got uh, great first responders and law enforcement down here as well, right? We do. 
fine first responders, also our school systems, you know, in Harrison County alone, they're all A-rated school systems. So that's a big attraction for people to come to the coast. Well, I say it all the time. When you, when you look at uh, the, the elements, the ingredients for a high quality of life, uh, for an American, honestly, it's it's schools, it's health care, okay. it's low crime, okay. it's, it's uh, good infrastructure, um, low taxes, a reasonable regulatory framework. you got all that here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Well, yeah, that's because we've had excellent leadership. You know, I mentioned the ones in the state. We have some great local leaders, you know, Mike Thompson, Carolyn Crawford, who, who administered a past Christian, great leadership, General Joe Spragans with the Department of Marine Resources. Yeah. I mean, he's a big supporter of helping us develop. But right now, we're, we've got the first, we've got two and a half million dollars to help to uh, put a cement boardwalk in Pasco Shan. That's okay. the first of four tranches. And eventually we'll have a cement boardwalk, a very wide one, the whole way from the Bay St. Louis Bridge to the Biloxi Bridge. And that's a great thing to bring the coast even closer together. We're talking to Mayor Jimmy Rafferty of Pass Christiane, Mississippi. So, uh, Mayor, uh, in, in, uh, at the event here at Cruising the Coast, do you ever get to talk to folks that uh, maybe have, have come here for the very first time? Yeah. Get their reaction? L yes. L last year, I went and just walked down to the harbor, and they had this couple from Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, and they were looking for places down here. And they said yeah. they couldn't find anything in Biloxi or whatever. So they said <laughs> maybe, maybe past Christian. But also, we just have some wonderful things lined up. You know, tomorrow, uh, in fact, the next three days, on you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, our band started at 11 o'clock in the morning and go until 9 o'clock at night. Wow. You know, we have Heather and the Monkey Kings tomorrow. Yeah. And that's our sort of uh, the twilight band. The next night, we have the Sons of a Beach. <laughs> and then on on Saturday night with Vince Vance and the Valiants. And, but awesome. our biggest event of all is Thursday at 5 p.m. We have the burnout. Okay. So these with all these classic cars come and they're burning rubber. Okay. And it's just we had thousands and thousands of people last year. And we encourage everyone, please come to the pass for a, a very a very memorable event. Yeah. Um, so when you talk to these out-of-staters like this couple you were mentioning from Wisconsin, what do they tell you attracts them to the area that makes them want to put down roots here? It was the same reason you just mentioned. They, they looked around here and they said, look, there's not a lot of hustle and bustle around here. Yeah. And it's just, and, and, and the people are pleasant. You know, I, I was born and raised here, lived away for 30 years, and I can assure you there's nothing like the people from down here. Yeah, agree. And, uh, you know, you're right about that. You don't, you don't find that uh, in the rest of the country the way you do here. And, the, and there's, there's so much just embracing and welcoming of yeah. people, regardless of where they're from. People are just friendly here. They're glad to have them here, want to take care of them and extend that, that southern hospitality that Mississippi, especially, and the Gulf Coast are known for. And I have to tell you, know, people like you, you really make it special. You know, I listen to your program every day, you know, you, you, regardless of where you are in the state. Great thing. We met for the first time at, at right. Delbert's reception. That's so right. it was just a great thing getting to know you and, and, and what you do for Mississippi. I appreciate that. And really as I mentioned, the first time I met, we got to get you to pass Christian at some point. Well, we'd love to do that. We can uh, we can definitely make that happen. But we got a great team here at, at Super Talk and a fantastic network. And, you know, something I'm not sure a lot of our, our audience understands is that well, there are not many states that have statewide networks like no. this. In fact, we may be the only one. I know the neighboring states don't have anything like this. I, I've talked to folks uh, from uh, those states, and, and they're sort of envious of the fact that we have something. We can have a statewide voice okay. like we're having right here today, showcasing the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. A couple of weeks ago, we were up north Mississippi at uh, New Albany, another great municipal area in the state of Mississippi. So uh, Mississippi really is comprised of a lot of kind of medium-sized, small towns like this. They all have the, their unique charm and, and, and characteristics, but I think they blend together to make this state, I think, the best in the country. It is. I was born and raised here, as I mentioned, lived away for 30 years and moved back for that reason. 
I want to come back to a special place. And I tell you, right now, this state is really trending in the right direction. Totally you know, agree. we're financially stronger than we've ever been. Great leadership and just, you know, a lot of good things ahead yeah, of us. No doubt. Uh, have, you, have you got uh, any sort of economic development projects in the works that you can share with us in Past Christiana or on the Just Coast in general? I know uh, Mayor Fofo Gillich uh, kind of hinted at some stuff going on. Sounds pretty well, yeah, Of course, he said he had 7,000 hotel rooms. Well, we only have 21 in Past Christiana <laughs> right now, but we're about to add another 50 or so. Okay. And also, as I mentioned, we're developing our Harbor Green space. We want to put something iconic there yep. and such that you're driving along Highway 90, you know, this is the coast. So that's something we just had, a, the bid submissions just came in, okay. so we're going to start looking at those. As I mentioned, the downtown development uh, of the former St. Paul's, and we're going to, great thing, we got, you know, we have great restaurants, you know, Shaggy's, Baca's, yep. Hook's, great do. restaurants, and encourage people to come, and great shopping, and just a great lifestyle. And uh, w that development, specifically, uh, the harbor there, that's going to be a, a catalyst for yeah. economic development. It will. It will, because, you know, the issue is right now, you know, the commercial ship, uh, uh, seafood business is down. Okay. You know, Pascuchian used to be the largest natural oyster reef in the world, and now we have none. So it's amazing what it's done to Pascuchian. You go into City Hall and you see all these vintage photos of people tonguing for oysters. Now we have none. But, you know, I know General Joe and so forth, they have a team, a very, very special team, and they're working on bringing the oysters back. And then shrimping as well. Shrimping is hurt. We have about a third of the, uh, the shrimp boats in the Pass Harbor that we used to have. Now, is that from the BP spill, the storms? Anything? It's that, and also they opened this Bonnie Carey water, spillway yeah. right north of, and, and, you know, they had this Mississippi Sound Coalition. You know, Gerald Blessy is, is heading that up, and it's just a, a great thing, along with Marlon Ladner, our supervisor, and they're heading this up, and hopefully we'll get, we'll reach an agreement with the Corps of Engineers such that they'll no longer just open up these spillways and then let fresh and polluted water go into our sound for six months at a time. Seems like it's a never-ending fight on that deal, isn't it? It is, but, you know, we got great people in place right now to help you know lead that charge okay good uh, one uh, quick question before we go here about uh, just a financial issue and that's uh, public employees retirement system you guys uh, have got uh, an increase in the employer contribution uh, set to go into effect next year and phase in over three years you got that baked into your budget you think you know we have it baked in but 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 it, it, it hurts sure you know when, when that happens sure. and, and I was in benefits my entire career okay and it's a benefit you for four different piece. companies so I know it very well but it, you know it's just something that you know we, we have to come up with just creative ways to be able to deal with especially the smaller communities yeah you know those are the ones who are really going to get hit hard mayor appreciate you coming on sir congratulations on all the great success in uh in your town of past christian mississippi thank you thank you very much i wish you the best of luck Troy. thank you we're coming right back folks with anna harris uh from the mardi gras museum down here on the mississippi gulf coast we're at cruising the coast in biloxi stay with us That keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. everyone middays is live at the Biloxi Green for cruising the coast on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast 
taking in all these fantastic classic uh, vehicles. Want to pass this on the Powerball jackpot. An estimated 1.2 billion. That is the third largest in Powerball history. Go ahead and get your tickets. Might win 1.2 billion dollars. You can probably make it on that. I'm thinking. We welcome to the program now Anna Harris with the Mardi Gras Museum. Anna, good to see you again. Good to see you too. Thank you for having me. All right. So tell us about the Mardi Gras Museum. Well, we are a community museum here in downtown Biloxi, right on Howard Avenue. Mm -hmm. We have collections of mainly costumes, but all kind of Mardi Gras materials um, from our whole history here, 116 year history of Mardi Gras in Biloxi and across the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Incredible. 116 years. Wow. And really, even before, that's our first organized Mardi Gras, but even in the 19th century, we were having balls and parades and things. Okay. Too. Okay. So, do you have uh, artifacts from that go that far back? Unfortunately, no. Um, our oldest costumes really go back to the late 1960s okay. that I'm aware of. Now, okay. we have a lot of wonderful photographs and archival materials yeah. earlier than that, but as far as costumes, unfortunately, we don't. Yeah. And uh, the costumes certainly throughout the years, it just seems like have, have always one-upped. Uh, you know what I mean? And they're just so extravagant and, and so cool. Uh, j just a witness. Unbelievable. And that's just part of the celebration. That is. It's really neat to see how they've changed throughout the years. As you say, everyone wants to be a little sparklier, a little fancier <laughs> than the last one. Uh, so it's neat to see how they have changed throughout the years. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty nice-sized commercial industry, uh, the folks that uh, create all that stuff. It is, and people don't think about that. But yeah. that is a whole you know, part of our economy, that people that work all year long just on Mardi Gras costumes, on custom throws, and floats. all of that floats. Yeah. Yes, float designers and makers. So when's Mardi Gras? in 2024 you know yes so mardi gras is february 13th okay february 13th and that's uh, it's a big deal here on the mississippi gulf coast it is and that's actually also the 325th anniversary of d'iberville's landing in biloxi wow which is really exciting and going to be a special mardi gras well we wouldn't be here were it not for old d'iberville right that is correct let's see as i'm trying to remember my history there he was uh he come here down the mississippi well, he, it, what he, was the deal? He came. The French king sent him here to find the mouth of the Mississippi River. That's right. Which he did. He came here first. Okay. Um, and they landed at Fort Marlpaw, you yep. know, set that up. Yeah. And then continued on to find the mouth of the Mississippi River and actually commemorated Mardi Gras on that trip in 1699 on March 3rd. Okay, because it, it was a big, uh, big day, uh, a, a big holiday, big celebration mm -hmm. uh, from whence he came. That's right. And so it was a small celebration on the boat, of course, that year, but he did write about it in his ship's, ship's log. Uh, I'll be darned. Yeah, really neat. So a lot of history uh, going back to a long time ago, the 1600s, uh, associated with Mardi Gras. That is correct. So basically the history of Biloxi and New Orleans and Mobile, this whole area is really connected to the history of Mardi Gras. So old. That's what's incredible. Isn't it really is. It? And much of that's been preserved. It has. It's, it's really neat that we, you know, have all these details. Yeah. So uh, w what about uh, folks that tour the museum? They come from all over the country, I'm, I'm sure. Huh? They do, and all over the world. Since COVID especially, we've had yeah. more international travelers. So it's really fun to share the history of Mardi Gras with people across the country. They often don't know much about it besides the partying they see on TV. And, of course, there's a whole lot more, and we'd love <laughs> to share that with them. So explain to the audience the, the, the religious purpose. 
Christmas, mm -hmm. honestly, of Mardi Gras. So it is a religious holiday. It's the time between the end of Christmas on Epiphany on January 6th and the beginning of Christian Lent, right. which starts on Ash Wednesday. So Mardi Gras Day or Shrove Tuesday is the day before you begin Lent on Ash Wednesday. And Carnival means farewell to flesh. So saying goodbye to meat, because during Lent, um, in the past, people abstained, Christians abstained from um, eating meat throughout the entire portion of Lent. Right, to, to commemorate the crucifixion of Christ in general, that was the idea there. And prepare for Easter. Yeah. Uh, so it's a time of um, celebration and feasting before you would have, you know, started to prepare for Easter and yeah. been more contemplative. What, uh, what would you consider your favorite exhibit or item in the museum? <laughs> Well, I really love the older costumes we have. So right now we have the 50th anniversary King D'Iberville from Gulf Coast Carnival yeah. on display. So um, this Mardi Gras will be his 50th anniversary of his reign, and that's really neat to see those old costumes. That's incredible. 50th. Uh, and uh, extravagant, I'm sure. Very extravagant, and it's blue, which I love too, because in the past there were a lot more colors in the kings and queens. I okay. think people nowadays are more familiar with them sticking to gold or silver or white. So it's neat to see some of these kings from the past in these bright colors. And it's it's kind of fun just to sort of uh, play royalty. It is. Essentially, that's what it is. Uh -huh. It is, and people love it, and they get into it, yeah. for sure. I've, I've been to uh, Neptune Ball. Oh, One of my close friends ball. was king a couple years ago, and we were honored to be uh, his guest <laughs> and, and got to, to watch the parade from the mayor's box downtown uh, Biloxi and then attended the ball, and the ball was incredible. It and, is. And uh, seeing him come out with a big old <laughs> costume and, and all the ladies in waiting and, you know, the whole procession is really incredible, isn't it? It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, of course, um, it's cool that that uh, we celebrate that in Mississippi. Of course, uh, you, you may say that uh, the, the biggest uh, celebration is in close by New Orleans, but across the Gulf Coast here, here in Mississippi and Mobile as well. It's big time Mardi Gras. It is, and I think it's growing, which is really cool. I mean, people are starting new crews every day. I think the younger generation, people in their 20s, are very interested in Mardi Gras. So that's really neat that it's something that's not only we're continuing, but we're really growing and changing it. So I yeah. love that. Yeah, so who does the curation? So. Basically, I do most of the curation of the exhibits at the museum. We try to change them out a few times a year. Okay. We have some historical things that change once a year, so people celebrating big anniversaries. If we have a crew or an organization that's celebrating a big anniversary, we might want to highlight that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and do you are you constantly looking to add exhibits, change up mm -hmm. exhibits, just kind of keep things interesting? Definitely. So we change them several times a year as we do want it to be something fresh every time you come. Sure. Um, we love to take new objects into our collection, and people are so generous to donate them. Um, we can't take everything, unfortunately, just because of room, but um, we certainly take as much as we possibly can because in 50 years from today, I want to have those costumes that someone can put out and celebrate those anniversaries. Sure. All right, so what are the hours of the museum? We are open from 10 to 4 from Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. And is there a cost? There is. So it is $8 for adults, $7 for military and seniors, $5 for kids under 12, and today, special cruise in the coast block party, we have a $5 admission all day. 
Okay. Uh, how long would you say it takes to tour the museum? I would say at least an hour. We have a wonderful film uh, that's about 27 minutes, and it's a really good overview of Mardi Gras and this whole area, really. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to miss that. Then you want to see all of our wonderful exhibits, and we'll tell you about them. And then we actually have costumes in our education collection, okay. and you can try those on and play with them. So some people spend an hour just doing that. Yeah, that's a good point when you said you learned a lot about the entire area because Mardi Gras is, is embedded in the culture mm -hmm. of this area. Definitely. I mean, it goes back to literally to 1699. It's a very important part of our culture and our people, and we love it. And yeah. I mean, and everybody down here virtually participates. And one way or another, if you're going to a parade, you're going to a ball, you're a member of a crew, you're royalty, there's so many ways you know you can participate. And it, just like this event, Cruising the Coast, mm -hmm. has a significant positive economic impact on the area. Most definitely. I mean, people travel just like they travel to New Orleans. They travel here to come to Mardi Gras, too. Sure. And then, of course, the economic um, boost, just all the money that is spent by our locals. Yeah. Uh, and costuming, parades. Um, the parties, just so many different parts it's of the economy point. that you don't think about. It's it's kind of a little cottage industry at the end of the day, I think you could it really refer to. It really is. Yeah. It has a huge impact positively on our economy. And of course, uh, pulling off of Mardi Gras when you're when you're using the, the public streets and so <laughs> forth, I mean, that's, that's a big deal to, mm -hmm. to uh, coordinate all that. Mm -hmm. and, and first responders, law enforcement, mm -hmm. um, municipal leaders do a great job with that. They really do, and they work so hard. Um, you know, throughout our coastal cities, I'm more familiar here with Biloxi and the wonderful job that our police officers do to keep us all safe uh, on Mardi Gras. And our, uh, we're really lucky that our um, government here across the coast is willing to support this and and make it such a special event. No doubt about it. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Anne, and talking about the uh, Mardi Gras Museum. Well, thank you. Love being here. All right, folks, we're taking a break right here. That was Anna Harris with the Mardi Gras Museum here on the Gulf Coast. We're coming right back with uh, Jordan Nico, owner and president of Nico Restaurant. Stay with us. And there certainly was a race For rapper Bassett Caddy Would be a big disgrace The guy must have wanted to pass me on his cap Including his horn I'll show him that a Cadillac Is not a car to score Beep, 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 beep His horn went beep, 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 beep Now we're doing 120 as fast as I could go The rapper pulled alongside of me As if we're going slow The fellow rolled out his window And yelled for me to hear Hey buddy, how can I get this car? Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone it's middays we're in the element well studio at cruising the coast on the beautiful mississippi gulf coast the sun is a shining it's a little warm but we got a little breeze going on here today rhino i think we got a front approaching it's going to cool things off right that's what you've been telling us this week but uh it's supposed to be mostly a dry front isn't that correct don't, don't yeah, expect a lot of precip. Part. 
uh, saw the map on that uh, showing the that front. Hadn't seen a front in a long time. You know the frontal graphic, the uh, the crescent with the triangles atop it. You hadn't seen one of those in a while. It doesn't seem. We've been under the influence of a very strong, powerful high-pressure system, which has kept the rain out and made it hot for the last couple of months. But looks like we're going to get a little fall weather coming our way. That'll be great for cruising the coast. we got the Sanderson Farms Championship underway as well. And don't forget, Middays is going to be out at the Country Club of Jackson for the Sanderson Farms Championship. That is coming up. And you can get tickets, I believe. What's the address there, Rhino? SandersonFarmsChampionship.com. That's I believe, correct. Right? All, all one word. So the uh, those guys are pretty good, those pro golfers. They're going to be out at the Country Club of Jackson trying to fire some low scores. But here uh, we got Cruising the Coast, and they're expecting record attendance at Cruising the Coast. We appreciate Coastal Mississippi for having us down to broadcast middays here at the Biloxi Green essentially on location with all these classic vintage vehicles in front of us. It really is a sight to behold. Come on down, folks. We've had a lot of folks, uh, Rhino, that have stopped by the tent here and uh, extended their appreciation for you and the show. And we appreciate them tuning in and making all this possible. We've had a great lineup of guests on today. Um, the timing is such that we didn't get a lot of time to discuss the craziness going on up in Washington, but folks, we'll have a full show discussing that tomorrow back in the Element Well studio at Super Talk headquarters, and then again, we're at the Sanderson Farms Championship on Friday. But you know by now the big news from Washington, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, he's out. The It's really surreal to hear the, uh, the member, I can't remember his name, that was presiding over the chamber when the vote was taken. And he announced in, in the very formal legal uh, Robert's Rules of Orders language that the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives is now vacant, as I recall. Rhino was the statement made. That's surreal, honestly. First time in our history that uh, that's ever happened. And you recall that in order to, to receive support, for the speaker's position back in, when was it, January, February of this year when all this was being deliberated, Kevin McCarthy agreed to uh, one of the demands from uh, the many in his conference. Uh, I guess you could call them the Freedom Caucus. It wasn't all of them, but many of them wanted a single single member a provision under the rules for the, the House for this term, for this class, a single member could call for a vote at any point in time to vacate uh, the speaker position. And historically, under Nancy Pelosi and others, it's always been a majority. You have to get a majority procedural vote to get a, then a, a measure, a vote uh, by the chamber to remove the speaker. But Speaker McCarthy agreed to a single person. So a single person did that. That being Representative Matt Gates, the firebrand conservative out of Florida, and he leveraged uh, that provision, and he said, I think we're going to re uh, remove the speaker. So eight Republicans joined with all Democrats. Now, I, Rhino, I got into a little bit of um, uh, a conflict, shall we say, a contentious conversation with uh, who clearly is a liberal, 
It's crazy, isn't it, how you can look at someone's profile on social media and pretty much tell what their political persuasion is. Uh, but when you got 14 profile pics that says, I got vaccinated, we can do this, pretty much no. <laughs> That's a liberal. Would you agree with that <laughs> right up when you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> or pronouns in the bio. <laughs> exactly. Well, this person said it wasn't unanimous. I said it was unanimous on the part of the Democrats. It wasn't unanimous. Well, it's true that there were three Democrats that did not cast a vote, including former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Um, they were not present in the chamber. But I looked up the word unanimous, and it means, hey, if it's all okay, all votes cast in, in the context of a vote, and zero uh, in, the, in the other category, that's unanimous. So it was, that's the way the vote came down. It was, what, 208 Democrats present to vote, all voted to remove the speaker. I think that was the final tally. So that's unanimous. That's what that means. Why are we splitting that hair? Does that even matter? The fact is, we had all Democrats that voted, plus eight Republicans, boom, the Speaker's gone. That's where we are. Now, who's the next one? Who knows? Don't know. Uh, lots of rumors about prospects, but we did just learn that uh, the majority whip, Steve Scalise, the representative from the great state of Louisiana, has said he is up for the job, that he, has, he will throw his hat in the ring for the Speakership. It, there was some question about that because uh, Mr. Scalise, Representative Scalise, does have cancer, and uh, he is fighting that. We, we hope he has a complete 100% full recovery, uh, but he said he's up for the job, so that's great. I think that Representative Scalise would do a fine job, but my concern is what are we accomplishing here? I, I understand that these eight dissidents are unhappy. Uh, because they believe that we should pass spending bills on regular order. That simply means that the chamber deliberates and negotiates and passes 12 separate bills that, that do fund the, the various categories of government on the discretionary side. Let's be clear, that's only 30% of funding. It's crazy to think that the Congress only appropriates money for 30% of the government. Why don't they appropriate the other part, the other 70%? Because, unfortunately, that's on autopilot. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, a plethora of government assistance programs, and, of course, debt interest, which is going to clock in at just under $700 billion this year. Uh, just for comparative purposes, the Department of Defense funding the entire military sits at about $850 billion. Interest is $700 billion. It will rapidly approach a trillion with interest rates rising and deficits out of control, meaning we got to borrow more money and go sell more treasury bills. We're looking at the debt interest going to be north of a trillion dollars here pretty soon, which is just astonishing in my view. So what's going to happen here? I'm disappointed that uh, the person who, the member who's currently sitting temporarily in the Speaker's chair, uh, Representative Patrick McHenry, uh, he sent everybody home. Now, this is this is urgent, right? This is something we need to be talking about. So they're blasting McCarthy for not addressing this earlier, and I'm with them. He knew this was coming, did uh, Representative McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy. Why did you wait? You, you've known this for 10 months. Why did you wait to take this up and then ram through a continuing resolution? I agree. There's no way to run the government. I've said it many times before. We need to return to regular order. But what we got here, however, is a person who's in charge sent everybody home. 
What they should be doing is staying their butt in the Capitol 24 hours a day till they pass some spending bills. That's how critical this is. That's how important this is. The other thing that's disappointing is that we're on a trajectory next year. We had a $2 trillion deficit next year. It's going to be $2.3 trillion next year. Next year. And the, the part of spending that's driving that, it's not the discretionary part. It's the mandatory part. It's Social Security. It's Medicare. It's Medicaid. It's debt interest. We don't even touch that. The Congress doesn't even talk about it. So these 12 spending bills, they only cover the discretionary part of spending. That's defense and all the other government agencies, 30% of total spending. And the Republicans have already said that um, we're not going to touch defense. Okay, so now you're down to about 15% of total spending. And the bill that uh, McCarthy floated a couple of weeks ago uh, that would have cut that by about 30% almost three hundred billion dollars they rejected my concern is that we're gonna end up with something that's worse we're gonna end up with a package that's worse and I, I challenge Gates and the other seven dissidents where's your plan I wanna see your line item budget your line item budget what do you propose I mean for it all the, the mandatory spending Social Security Medicare Medicaid government assistance programs and defense all the non-defense discretionary spending otherwise you're not serious give us a plan now that that's for Kevin McCarthy too but we're just we're just trimming the edges here we're not really serious about getting rid of this ridiculous deficit and starting to pay down and reduce debt because the first thing you got to do is balance the budget you can't touch the debt without a balanced budget that's just think about your own household finances you got to get in the black before you start paying off your debt to any significant uh, uh, point and degree Otherwise, you just keep adding to it. Oh, I'm paying down on this one, but I'm adding to it on that one. Well, that's not achieving anything. Whew. We are coming right back with a final segment here on uh, Middays. Stay with us, please. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got a change in the lineup. we got Matt McDonald, Executive Director of the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum. Stay with us. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I save my pennies and I save Welcome my Welcome back, everyone. Middays little 409 we got all the automobile music playing for you today that's cause we're at cruising the coast on the beautiful mississippi gulf coast we welcome to the program now matt mcdonald executive director of the mississippi coast coliseum matt thanks for coming on Gerard, thank you for having me. This is a uh, big, big uh, week for us here in South Mississippi. Probably the largest event, uh, certainly of its kind, in the state of Mississippi, and it's recognized all over the country as the premier uh, car show. And you know what? It stretches literally from state line to state line and affects multiple counties. Um, you know, it's it's amazing the economic impact that this event has uh, up and down the coast. A rising tide definitely lifts. All boats. I think what we've heard today is upwards of 35, 36 million dollars of economic impact uh, just from this event. 
Well, you know, I, I'll leave that for the bean counters, but I can, <laughs> but I can assure you one thing. Uh, traffic is, is uh, strong for the entire week. Restaurants are full. Hotels are full. Uh, people are spending money. They're out, and the weather's beautiful, and it makes it even, be- even bigger and better. Right, exactly. Tell it. Tell us about the uh, the Coast Coliseum. How are things going there? Well, we've had a record year now, literally two years in a row. Our year ends September 30th, so uh, the last two years we have established record after record after record with with major sellout shows, grossing over a million dollars. Wow. But but our role in this event is is huge. Uh, we really crank up starting tomorrow, Thursday through Saturday, with the Cruising the Coast Swap Meet and the Vicari Car Auction. And that's been uh, a tandem at our facility for years, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We literally run out of parking and have to close the gates uh, during the day tomorrow and possibly on Friday because there, there's just such a demand. And by the time uh, we turn the lights off Saturday night, we will have accommodated over 27,000 people through our facility. That is incredible. Uh, so what kind of staff do you have there, Matt, to accommodate that? Well, you know, it's it's amazing. We do all that with uh, about 26 full-time people, and then we have to supplement it on yeah. event, you know, on an event-by-event basis based on the loads that the events carry. Uh, but to do what we do with just 26 full-time employees for 12 months out of the year is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, no doubt about it. A- any sort of of uh, enhancements, renovations uh, planned for the Coliseum? Well, we've we've been growing. Um, we, we've added more parking. We're in the process of acquiring some properties uh, to the west of us to further expand. Uh, we're constantly making upgrades and, and, and providing enhancements to the facility. It's a 47-year-old building, and the beauty of it is is that there's no public assistance from the city of Biloxi, from Harrison County Board of Supervisors, or from the state of Mississippi. If we don't kill it, we don't eat it. So we're out there hunting every day. Okay. So it's essentially self-sustaining. Self-sustaining, and, and, and facilities like that all over the country normally aren't. Normally right. they are, are, are tax-supported, right. um, either through a tourism tax or through a sales tax, or a municipality just has to budget uh, for the operational expense of those types of facilities. But that's not the case with us. We, we have been uh, that way since our inception. Uh, which was 1977. Unbelievable. So um, I, I was just telling you offline, so I was married in 1981, and we actually had our reception uh, at the Gulf Coast Coliseum. So it wasn't too old back then. No, it was it, it, was, it was a new pup. Um, I started working there in 1986. Okay. But, the, but the, the funny part was when I was a senior in high school, I had a, a summer job, part-time job, before I went to college, and I was delivering plumbing supply parts to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum while it was under construction. <laughs> what, what do artists say, performing artists say about the Coast Coliseum when they come? Perform? Well, they, they, they're coming now um, on a much more frequent basis and in and much bigger shows. We just finished doing Guns N' Roses on September 20th, established an all-time uh, ticket gross record for the building at $1.8 million in ticket sales. Um, it was the biggest night uh, in terms of profit for the facility. Uh, we followed that up by putting Journey on sale. They'll be there in, in February. We've got a sold-out Hardy date. Good Mississippi uh, artist that's coming in that has filled uh, the that will fill the arena on December the 9th. Um, we've got Ole Miss basketball coming in for the first time in many years. Uh, they'll be in there on December the 
forward. Wow. We have 28-game uh, hockey season that will start November the 18th and run through the first weekend in April. And just show after show after show, uh, conventions, trade shows, sporting events, you name it, we're doing it. And we, we're doing it in a bigger way where we can make more money and keep improving the facility. Saw great uh, reviews and feedback about the recent Guns N' Roses concert. You said that was your biggest, huh? That was the biggest, and we were the smallest venue on the entire tour and the smallest wow. city on the entire tour. Incredible. So I kind of laugh when I see Biloxi on the back of the T-shirts and all the other major cities. <laughs> That's I like awesome. it. It looks good. Matt, appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on all the success of the uh, Coast Coliseum. Hey, look. It's a great place. I hope everybody will, will get in their old cars and come on down to the coast. It's a big weekend ahead. Big weekend. Folks, we're out of time here today on the Biloxi Green at Cruising the Coast for um, the, the 27th annual Cruising the Coast at the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We've had a great time visiting with lots of fantastic people, but we are out of time here today back in the Element Well studio in Jackson tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.